evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Uh, today we've got a special guest that's going to be coming to speak to us on this Mother's Day. You know, before coronavirus was even a thing, and before we went to online services, I had invited one of our senior staff wives to be the speaker for Mother's Day at Life Church. Her name is Shauna Carey. My wife was going to be gone speaking at a ladies' conference this weekend in California, and I needed a, a speaker, a lady speaker, for Mother's Day, and, and I really felt that Shauna was the one to do that. Well, we went to online services, and I still felt that it was the thing to do, that Shauna would have a word for us today at Life Church. Uh, Shauna is a great, dynamic person. Many of you have met her throughout the last few weeks as one of the great uh, people that teach us at Life Kids as the service begins. She's a great actress and very creative, and God's using her in that way mightily. But today she's going to minister the message, the Word of God to the adults that are watching, and I know it'll be a blessing to you. you know, she, she was uh, raised in Northern Ireland as a missionary child. Uh, she was raised to the missionaries Terry and Cindy McFarlane, and she was there at a time that it was not that pleasant. Uh, the, the country was in turmoil, and it was kind of a very precarious situation to be found in, but there God anointed her, God raised her up, God gave her creativity, and today we are blessed to have uh, Shauna and Mark Carey as part of our senior staff at Life Church. Sister Shauna is going to come and minister to us today. I want you to open your hearts, open the Word of God, because I know that God is going to use her to minister in this service. God bless you, Shauna. We love you, and we pray that God speaks mightily through you today. Good morning, Life Church, and everyone who is joining us this morning. We welcome you. Thank you for being here with us. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers out there and to all the aunties and sisters and best friends and grandmas and neighbors and any beautiful woman who is out there helping us do this very difficult job. We say thank you because we could not do it without you. So happy Mother's Day to all of you. Um, I would also like to honor my pastor and his beautiful wife, Sister Sherry. I thank you so much for the opportunity to minister today. Um, I do not take it lightly and I'm very grateful for this opportunity. So thank you so very much. You are wonderful and I love you. So I do believe I have a word from the Lord for you today. The beginning of something is oftentimes the most wonderful part. The smell of spring in the air and the fresh buds that are popping up everywhere the exciting, unrestrained joy of young love, the new job, the new car, the new dress, that sweet, precious baby that you hold in your arms for the first time is so wonderful. But something happens along the way. Sometimes there is a shift. And that new car gets old and the dress gets old and the job gets old and the husband gets Oh wait, sorry, no, edit that part. I mean that. But eventually those sweet, precious, soft cries of a newborn baby that you found so endearing in the beginning, they turn into the deafening, unrestrained screams of a toddler. Help me, Jesus. 
And the way he couldn't mate his socks or he couldn't find the ketchup, even though it was right in front of him in the refrigerator, they turned from, oh, that's so sweet, he needs me, into, are you kidding me? I have enough stuff of my own to do. Go find it yourself. Something shifts along the way. So what happens? The new car smell has faded and been replaced with the smell of lost Happy Meals and the under the seat and dirty diapers. Why then does the beginning fizzle out into an end where you are exhausted and tired, burned out and ready to give up or at least wish that you could? The Bible describes this thing that we're living in at the moment as a race. It uses words like endurance. I press on towards the mark, straining forward. Um, I shall run and not be weary. It all sounds so exhausting. And as if this thing wasn't hard enough at times, it feels like we are running on sand, sinking with every footfall, tripping with every stride. But running and falling and getting back up again will give you endurance. It conditions you and the way you choose to run your race will influence those around you. So, and now a quick shout out to all the moms because as if running this race wasn't hard enough, try running it with children strapped to your back. Motherhood is the very hardest job on the planet and if you want to argue that fact with me, I just dare you to try because I got three kids. I know what I'm talking about. But trying to remain strong and positive when your kids have found your very last nerve and they are now swinging on it like it's a rope swing in the front yard having a good old time. And you know what, let me say again, as how you choose to run your race in front of them will influence how they run theirs. And I will also say that you cannot hope to have something to give them. You can't give them something you don't have. If you're not spending time with God, you will not have the goods to put into them and you will not have the hope of surviving the end of the day without losing your mind. So, I'm so thankful for the avenue that we have right now to get together because I get to imagine that it's just you and I that we are going for a, we're gonna sit and we're gonna chat and we're gonna have a nice little conversation together and talk about life and its stuff. And so with that, let's go for a walk. We were to take a walk on this beach and feel the sand beneath our feet, the way it freely moves and shifts as it adjusts to support our weight and at times threatening to throw us off balance. If we were to then pick up our pace and run a little faster, our balance would become even harder. And at first it feels so great. The wind in your face and the sound of the waves as they crash against the shore, it is heaven. But as you bound across mounds of uneven sand and your stride becomes slower as it becomes harder for you to run. But you push on because this is a race after all and you want to finish. But as you go farther, it becomes harder and you begin to think if this sand would just go away, this would get a whole lot easier. 
It's getting everywhere after all, and every possible crevice and opening threatening to surround you. So as you continue to struggle on the loosely packed sand, you begin to lose your resolve because it's just too hard. The struggle is just too real. And at times your foot may find an object hidden beneath the surface and pain will wrap your body. That discarded bottle that someone no longer wanted or that shell that was brought to shore. Your lungs are burning from the effort, your legs are aching and parts of you are bleeding. So you sit, giving up. It had gotten the better of you. It had become so hard that you forgot why you started running in the first place. But as you sit and look and observe and notice and rest, you lift your face and you feel the warmth of the sun as it engulfs your body, soothing your aching muscles, your lungs calm, your eyes and legs rest, and you just breathe, taking it in. Then you hear in the distance the sound of laughter of children as they bound across that sand so young and so strong, and you remember when it was new to you too, when it felt good to run. So as your body rests, your mind revives, and you begin to come alive, because when your body is tired, it is hard to keep your mind positive, and if your mind becomes negative, your body will follow like a vicious cycle. Looking up now, you notice an elderly couple that are not strolling, but not running either. Life has slowed them, but it has not stopped them. But they walk just along the shoreline where the water meets the sand. The shoreline, that part of the beach where the waves beat at the sand, it seems so violent there. Waves will take anything. They are no respecter of person or thing. It will drag you out to sea, not caring if you cry in terror or scream in fear. Those shells that once cut you are pounded out here until they become just one more speck of sand. Up there, away from the water, they are obstacles of pain, but down here they too are at the mercy of the waves and are rendered nothing more than one more speck for you to place your foot upon. That thing that was a stumbling block becomes your foundation if you dare to walk on the shore. And as the tide goes out and the water is drawn away to beat on some other distant shore, the sun will draw the remaining water away and the surface becomes that sweet spot between water and the loosely packed sand. Here you can run with ease. Here you can make headway without sinking or tripping, but you could not have this liberty if it had not been for the violence of the waves and the rest from the sun. So you learn to respect the ebb and flow of the beach you run upon. You learn to rest and run, sit and think, shift and change, grow and grow. So you started off great. It felt good like the first moment you came to Jesus, but then life does what it does and you became busy and exhausted and it beats at you. But still you move on, still you put one foot in front of the other going through the motions and time presses on without you realizing that you have picked up some stuff along the way. 
those defining moments in your past have become your companions and you have learned to live with them, but you are running race on ground that is determined to defeat you. And you wonder why life is getting the better of you, why it seems to be coming at you from all angles. Peter said, dear friends, this is 1 Peter 4 and 12, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trial, which you are going through as if some strange thing is happening to you. This pandemic is a very strange thing. This isolation is a very strange thing. He said, don't be, don't be confused. Why are we confused when things go wrong? When you've lost your job or your mind and you don't know how you're going to survive, when you're tempted to do the very thing that you know you shouldn't do, when you've opened your mouth and out came uh, every unfiltered word inside of your head, when you doubted that God would come through, when your health fails you or a loved one dies, why are we so afraid of bad things touching us? So we pray and we ask God, please take them away because heaven forbid anything undesirable happen to us. But this life has its ups and its downs, its fresh and joyful beginnings and its exhausted endings. It has the beautiful highs and lows like the overwhelming pain of childbirth and then the instant joy that melts over you as you hold that newborn baby in your arms for the first time. You could not have the joy without the pain. And then on the other side of the coin is the stuff that you have filled your life with. The stuff that propped your life up that now given a global shutdown have come to a complete standstill. The routine, the extracurricular activities, the soccer practice, the piano lessons, the hockey tournaments, the shopping, the eating out, the travel, the fun, 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 stuff, 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 more, 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 busy, busy, busy. There's nothing quite like having all of that taken from you for you to see just what you're made of. So, all right, you say, Shauna, what are we supposed to do with all this stuff? If we're not supposed to pray that God takes it all away, then what do we do with all the weights we've picked up on along the way? Well, I am so glad that you asked that question because I want to give a couple of things that you must do. But first, let me start by saying that though sand is not the most ideal surface to run a race on, it's ever shifting, it's messy, it's just that more difficult to reach the finish line. But nothing in life is ideal. You will never reach just the right circumstances to do the things that you must do. Kind of like how you've been saying that you're going to eat healthy and exercise on Monday but Monday never seems to come. So first, you must start. Are there any moms out there getting real sick and tired of frozen? Can I get an amen? If I hear that one more time, I'll go crazy. There's a song in Frozen One that says, so he's a bit of a fixer-upper. Now we know that's true, and, that's, and we do the best that we can, ladies. Uh, but then it goes on to say, um, we're not saying you can change him because people don't really change. We're only saying that love's a force that's 
powerful and strange. Well, that really just gets me every time because you're singing about how love can change you. How love is a powerful and strange force, but yeah, it can't change you because people don't really change. Well, people do change. Now, I, I understand that the love of a person cannot change you. I'm sorry, girls, as much as you want to do your best, you, you, you're not going to be able to do it. But the love of a God, the love of a Savior and a Father who loves you and who went to Calvary for you, now that can change you. That can make you different. And then it goes on to say, People make bad choices if they're mad or scared or stressed. Throw a little love their way and you'll bring out their best. Truer words were never spoken. How many of us, can I get an amen, have said something in the heat of the moment because you were stressed, you were overwhelmed, you were exhausted, you had road rage, you were done dealing with toddler tantrums, your husband was driving you nuts, uh, insert whatever drives you nuts here. How many of you have just said something and went, oh, I wish I hadn't done that because you were mad or scared or stressed. Sometimes we say those things, but uh, the Bible says it like this, 1 Peter 4 and 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Our children said it a moment ago, love is patient, love is kind. I, I just think that is so beautiful and such simple words. It is patient, it is kind. It is patient with you. Love is kind to you. So therefore, show the love of Christ as he has given it to you. It is a beautiful cycle um, when you grasp the love of God in your life. So there are many beautiful images that we see of the love of God. I mean, Calvary is the ultimate image of the love of God. Greater love hath no man than this, that he would lay down his life for a friend. Um, but Calvary required something of God. And there are examples in the word of God where his love requires something from you. In Mark 10 and 21, we see the story of uh, the, the rich young man. And he comes to Jesus and he asks him a question um, about how he can be saved and, and all these things. And Jesus says to him, um, or he's, he, he's beginning to tell Jesus, you know, I have done this. I have done all these things from my youth. I have been a good boy, he tells Jesus. And so Jesus says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. He said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Now, I'm not telling you that you got to run right out and sell everything you got and just follow Jesus and be a beggar. But, I mean, unless he's telling you to do that, so then you go for it. But what I am saying is that there are things in your life, there is stuff in your life, and the love of God would tell you, give them to me. I went to Calvary so that you didn't have to carry them. You are bearing stuff. You are walking with weights you were never meant to carry. It's why I went to a cross and rose again for you and gave you the gift of the Holy Ghost so that you could lay them down. So his love, I love that, his love compelled him to say, give it to me. And it seemed like it was too much for him to give away because if we continue on the story, he couldn't do it. Jesus had asked too much of him. 
to give him the stuff that had become so part of him that had propped him up and he couldn't give it to Jesus. So, in Hebrews 12 and 1, the Bible says, Therefore, what do we do with this stuff? The Bible says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witness to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So, can you just think yourself better? Can you just, by sheer willpower, make yourself better and get rid of all this stuff? Well, yes and no. There's a catch, okay? You have got to give those thoughts fuel, those prayers fuel. If they, or they will lose traction and fizzle out. Your words on their own are not enough. You have got to speak the words of life. You have to get a relationship with the word of God and hide it in your heart until it affects you. And then you have to fall in love with Jesus like you have never fallen in love with him before. I promise you it will change you for the better. So those weights, you can try and go through life trying to ignore it or fighting it, but if you fight against a wave, the wave will win every single time. And if you ignore the pebble in your shoe sooner or later, it will become difficult to walk. In the book, The Road Back to You, it's a book based on the Enneagram, so if you don't know your Enneagram number, I suggest you go and do that. It's just a little side bit, get to know yourself. Um, but the author says, what we don't know about ourselves can and will hurt us, not to mention others. As long as we stay in the dark about how we see the world and the wounds and the beliefs that have shaped who we are, we are prisoners of our history, destined to repeat those mistakes and those around us. You are walking around with stuff you were never meant to. They have altered you and they have shaped you and you think that's who you are. They've been with you so long that you believe that that is your character and who you are and I am here to tell you, you do not have to stay the way that you are. You are not destined to be the thing that you are right now. God can do something in your life. So you get a relationship with the word and those awe-inspiring stories and characters that you read about, the motivational words of Paul, they will begin to shape your very character. They will change you. You learn to look in the word like a mirror so that when you see what you need to change, you change it. You not only become a hearer or a reader, but you become a doer of the word. Philippians 4 and 11. Now this is just a bonus thought. I'm just going to throw this out here. This one is for free. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live in almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And then here's the part, man, we love to quote this part. This one really gets us going. For I can do everything through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. We forget that the everything that he was talking about means everything. I can learn how to be okay with a little. 
I can learn how to be hungry and still survive. I can live with the threat of job loss and declare God is my provider. I can walk through immense loss and pain and still believe that God is with me and hold my head up high. I can live with depression or cancer as my companion and still declare my God is a healer. If you don't spend time in prayer every day, you are going to react to life. You will be tripping behind it and its stuff and you could never hope to lay down your weights. Things will easily overwhelm you, make you anxious, frustrate you, and you would never have hope in overcoming, weathering larger things in life if you don't learn to how to get out in front of it. Prayer puts you out in front of the stuff. It puts you on the offense and no longer on just the defense. It helps you set down the weights and it keeps you from picking more up. More offenses that stop you or more hurts that you, that you choose not to recover from. And here's the scripture we are quoting. We're hearing it all over the internet right now. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. The big word there is if, 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 if you will, then God will. But if you're not, then don't be surprised as to why things are getting the better of you. If you will get out in front of the stuff where you are no longer just reacting to it, but anticipating the pushback that will ultimately come from life, from your children, from your lack of job, from your strain on your finances, or the fear of your health or the lack of good health at this very moment. All of this stuff is the stuff of life that would threaten to take you out. Those lies that the enemy would try to sell you, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, your health will never be good, your finances are doomed, your job is doomed, your your children are never going to come back to God, your marriage is doomed. There is no hope. Lie, lies, lies, lies lies. Those lies will come whether you are praying or not. Don't expect that if you pray, they just go away. The answer to prayer does not always come with the removal of the obstacle, but when you shift your thinking, you shift the way you respond to life. And when you shift your thinking, you allow your prayers to pound it out until it becomes the thing you place your foot upon. They aren't the waves that threaten to overwhelm you, but the solid ground you now walk upon, kind of like how Peter did. The strain on your finances starts to strengthen your faith and trust in God. And when the strength comes, and then the answer and the blessings comes, you are stronger for having walked through it. John 16 and 33, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In the above scriptures to this verse, Jesus is telling them that he will be going to experience the shame and the pain of the cross and that all of you are going to lose heart. You're going to fall apart and be scattered. 
this thing I'm going to go through is going to get the better of you. But he says all that to let them know that the stuff will come in life. But don't you worry. Take heart. I just want to define that term here for a moment because it's very beautiful. Take heart. To be courageous. To regain one's courage. That implies that you had lost it. That your courage had left you. So take heart. Help will arrive shortly and everything will be fine. Has this time of isolation gotten the better of you? Has the loss of routine and structure made you fall apart? Then maybe, just maybe, we have all been given the chance to see that the stuff and the routine and even the routine of attending a church service had propped us up. It had held us together but what we need to learn is how that to be able to maintain this thing on our own, just you and Jesus. You have got to shift your perspective and how you spend your time going forward. You've taken, when you look at the stuff of your life and the, the, the stuff and the trials and the tribulations, when you look at it, you taking it's like taking a speck of sand and placing it under a magnifying glass. And boy, does it ever look scary when you look at it that way. That molehill, you have turned it into a mountain. But even mountains can get small depending on how far back from them you get. Prayer puts you back. It moves you back from the stuff. It puts a buffer between you. The answers will come. The blessings and the goodness of God will come. But if that's all that you're expecting, then my friend, you are missing the point. You are missing the reason why you're going through this stuff. I firmly believe that we do it so that God can change this. He can change this and he can change this. Inside is where the work gets done and then the stuff comes on the outside. The promises come and he will come through. But as he answers your stuff right now, because he will, he will come through and he will provide like he always said he would. But as you move past the obstacles, well, my friend, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but more stuff will come. He said in this life, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So again, I ask you what is keeping you moving forward? What helps you lay down those weights? What will keep you from tripping up? I'm gonna give you some a tip right here and it's gonna change your whole world. If you will learn to think this way right here, Everything will be different going forward. You will never be the same. Everything that comes at you, your perspective, your perspective on life will absolutely alter if you will learn this one thing. And if you go to an elder in your church and you ask them how they have run this race so long and are still running, they will all tell you one thing. They keep their eyes up. They have a focus on heaven because they understand something. They've lived long enough to know that the trials come and go, the stuff comes and goes, the ups and downs, the losses, they come and they go. But an eternity is waiting for us and our eyes must be pressed forward. They must be looking up constantly. You would never run a race continually looking at your feet because sooner or later you're going to run into an obstacle. 
You have got to keep your eyes up. Philippians 3 and 14, I press on even when it's hard and I'm tired to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. He is calling you home. Through every trip, through every loss, every pain, he holds your hand. And when you feel like you're drowning in rough seas, he is there. He is there saying, I know it hurts, but I went to Calvary so that you could press on, so that you could have life and life more abundantly. So I think the point to grasp is in this season, if that you were guilty of attending a service on Sunday and going home and living your life and nothing changed, then this is the season where it stops. This is where you change. We've been given a priceless opportunity. Do not waste it, people, to get close to God and to let him do the uninterrupted work in your heart. The noise has been shut off. The stuff has been shut off. It's beginning to kick back in. Life will resume here shortly. So grasp this window, small window, this bleep in a moment of of life where you can reconnect and God can do something in your life that is the purpose of it. I believe it is the reason we are all stuck inside so that God could do something inside of us uninterrupted. I think the greatest thing you could take away from this season is to learn how to have church all by yourself. You should be able to have church when you're washing the dishes, when you're taking a shower, when you're walking, when you're, any time of the day, you should be able to feel God's presence and Him calling you because there is a hurting world out there that needs us to be that in touch with Him, that we would be direct conduits and a channel that He could connect to a hurting life. So the point is pray, just pray every day, pray. This life is an ever-shifting, ever-changing run on a beach and there will be obstacles and climate change. You have got to be prayed up and keep your eyes up. This may have felt a little heavy for Mother's Day, but if becoming a mother has taught me anything, It is that it will require more from you than you realized you even had to give. And this season may have done that for you. It has required so much from you and you didn't even realize what you had to give. But if you have the Holy Ghost, then you have enough to not only survive but thrive. And if you do not have the Holy Ghost, then today is the day that you receive it. The music is going to come here shortly, but before it does, I would like to encourage you to really focus and be intentional right this moment. That as they lead you into the presence of God, as they sing songs to help you worship and get connected to His presence, that right now in your living room, you would have an encounter with the God of your soul, the one who died on a cross for you, that you would allow him to come in and do an uninterrupted work in your heart because that is what he longs to do. He longs to help you to remove the stuff. So let us go to prayer right now and let us begin to focus. I wish this is my favorite part and I wish so much that I could be there with you, but this is where you do this on your own. This is where you learn how to get into the presence of God all by yourself 
yourself. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, I bring every life before you right now. Everyone under the sound of my voice, God, that you would move like a mighty rushing wind into their living room. That where they are right now, you would see them and you would come and you would move upon them. Oh God, my Savior. Lord, I know what you would long to do in them. Help them feel that right now. Help them feel that tug as you draw them, as you pull them into your presence, God. And as the music comes and we begin to worship you, God, that you would come into the room where we are and you would meet us and you would do a work that we would no longer be the same going forward. So please continue to worship God and to uplift him and let him come and do a work in your life. This is just the beginning. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you might be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church, and you'll find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. We thank you for your support. Have a wonderful week, and God bless you.